Welcome to My Fitness Journey, a fitness podcast where we highlight everyday people and their fitness journeys. And by doing so, we hope that we can get you to rethink what it means to be fit and to understand that this journey is a lifestyle change and not a quick fix system. Let's do it. All right, welcome back everyone to episode three of My Fitness Journey. Today we are here with one of my mentors, um, someone that I've looked up to for many years now, worked with for many years now, and his name is Alan Weinberg. Sir Alan Weinberg, welcome to My Fitness Journey. Thanks, Tom. It's really, really great to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, a little bit about Alan. Alan, um, we have been working together for, like I said, for about four years now. And I've seen, you know, I've seen you, not in a negative way, but I've seen you at your worst in the sense that uh, I've seen you in pain, you know, and uh, and pain that really kind of makes me feel uh, just generally just bad for you in the sense that like, I not necessarily feel your pain, but it just didn't look comfortable. It didn't look a comfortable place to be. But I've also seen a transition, you know, when you started to really implement um, exercise and rehab into that. And I saw a complete transformation to where you're at now, which is why I thought it was important to bring you on here. I would love for you to get more into your personal background, who you are, where you're from, uh, career-wise, and uh, and then we'll get into your uh, what is your personal fitness journey. All right, sir. So Sounds the floor is yours, Alan. Let's go. All right. What would you like to know? <laughs> I think you just asked the question. Um, <clears throat> well, you mentioned pain and and a few things like that, and and you're right. I do, or I have struggled with uh, uh, pain associated with lower back injury and that kind of thing, as well as shoulder pain from um, what I would call um, workouts I did when I was in my 20s, which were rather rather stupid, um, things which I thought I should do, which I really shouldn't have, and just made some poor decisions. Um, but overall, the, uh, the pain that you were referring to really involves lower back pain, and you're right. I mean, Thomas and I did a lot of business. We traveled all over the world together, and this poor guy had to endure my uh, my uh, moments of having to stop in the middle of something important and take a long stretch. Yep. <laughs> or why I was taking too long in the hot shower because it felt like I needed to, oh, no, or man. any other you know remedy that I would put into place because it was just um, you know I had to manage it, and it wasn't the easiest thing. Um, and what's interesting about that is despite all the medical management and all the um, you know, approaches through stretching and whatever, really what it came down to was finding the right uh, physical therapist who was able to not only ascertain where the pain was originating from in a very direct way, in a much more focal way, but also to be able to uh, figure out lifestyle changes uh, that included changes in my physical activity, my workouts, et cetera, that would help mitigate a lot of the pain. Basically eliminate what is causing or helping to, or starting to cause the pain and add things which can help strengthen so that you can reduce the probability of the pain recurring. So there was a lot of that kind of intelligence that went into 
being able to manage it. And, you know, um, it was a game changer for someone like myself who, you know, I'm not a young guy anymore. I'm not in my 20s and 30s and or, or 40s. Uh, but it was one of those things where you have to um, you have to figure out what is your next step. And my next step clearly for me was not going to go under the knife. I didn't want to be popping, you know, Advil and Pills. that kind of stuff all day long. Now, that wasn't for me. My idea was to how do I do it the, the, the natural way and how do I make certain that I can uh, uh, integrate that into my life so that it would be something that I could maintain, you know, going forward. That's good. That is so good. Um, but then you, you did talk about some of the, the causes of some of those pains, injuries that stem from, you know, early, your early age, your early 20s and the bad habits probably due to the lack of education around these things at the time. Can you talk a little, can you just kind of take a step back, then we'll come back to how, you know, where you're at now and some of the the lifestyle approaches or um, that you took to where you're at now. But let's go back to the early 20s and 30s and talk about some of those bad habits, which you probably learned because because there weren't a lot of information on, you know, equipment and and all these different exercises, you know, the the mindset too was obviously different, and uh, yeah, and and of course that influenced some of the pain, you know, that you experienced. So let's let's go back to that a little bit. We want I want to hear a little bit more about what that was like for you. Sure. Uh, well, I don't know what the demographic is of your audience, but I frame <laughs> it up for them in that in this way. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go back to a time before the advent of the cell phone. We're going to go <laughs> back to a time before there was social media, mm -hmm. before Rihanna, before yeah. <laughs> everything. Beyonce that you, and Jay-Z's. And Jay-Z <laughs> was just, Jay-Z was probably just a toddler. Yeah. And and <laughs> all of these things. Um, uh, we're going to go back to a time, I want you, to calibrate you, we're probably talking about... Um, Four years post Michael Jackson's Thriller. Okay, wow. now there. So you're in the '80s and late '80s, and um, you know I like to think of myself as probably a highly educated idiot when it came to how to do a, a proper workout. <laughs> okay, meaning I was you know a fully employed um, aerospace uh, research engineer, uh, worked for a government laboratory worked at NASA and a bunch of other places. So as a result of the travel that I would do, um, you know, I, I would try to seek out places where I could, you know, stay physically active. And by the way, you know, everybody has a reason. I'm going to take this to a slightly different direction, Thomas. Everybody has a reason for um, getting involved in physical fitness. Mm -hmm. um, some people think of it as a, a pathway to weight loss. Some people mm -hmm. think of it as a pathway to look good. Uh, and to build yourself up. Some people do it for the mental health. Uh, some people maybe all that, who knows. Um, and I think it's safe to say that everybody wants to see the physical benefits of staying in shape. I mean, mm -hmm. especially in the summertime when you hit the beach, right? Yeah. You, want, you want to be able to look okay in that suit. So that being said, and that's okay, um, I, uh, I started out in my early, tw in my early 20s uh, getting into physical fitness for a really unusual reason. And that was because I needed a place to live. Uh, I found uh, a group of guys through a network, and they had a great uh, house that was located um, in a good town near where I was going to work. But these guys were all gym rats, and one of the one of the and the, the rent was cheap, really cheap. And one of the um, criteria for like 
being uh, accepted into this uh, membership of of inexpensive rental, uh, 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 you know, you know, kind of situation here, was that hey, you 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 got to work out, you got to go to the gym, and I thought that was really strange, but I thought, wow, well the. The, the rent's really cheap, so I'll do it. So interestingly enough, my my reason for getting in was rather economic, which isn't mm-hmm. usually the case, mm-hmm. but I'm glad it was <laughs> at the end of the day. And I started out um, doing things that were uh, in the 80s, you did aerobics and you worked out in the Nautilus space. So you had those two components that um, you know, kind of were defining the, the physical fitness landscape at the time. And obviously it's changed a lot since then. But I started doing that, and to my roommate's benefit or my housemate's benefit, uh, he really pushed me, and I grew to like it. So as I started to get more and more involved with this, uh, going back to the other story, I would take these workouts on the road. And good thing was is that anywhere you went, the gyms were pretty much outfitted, you know, like they are today with the similar stuff, and you could do your workouts. So one of the things that I thought I would do is try to get into a much bigger, you know, uh, bulk up. And okay. that, that, that was a good idea. And I don't really, I'm not a big guy. So for me, that would, it, as I know today, that means something very different. Right. But back then it was, I just wanted to look bigger. And so I would do exercises on these machines, which were relatively uh, unsafe. I didn't have the instruction and my form was miserable. And as a result, I remember very clearly being in the Bay Area. I was working at the NASA Ames facility, and we had a gym out there. And I went in one day, and I was doing um, um, just just chest presses. And I knew it was too much weight, and I didn't care, and I tried for it. And <clears throat> excuse me, the next day, my shoulder was killing me. And I looked at it, and it was every color you could Jeez. imagine. It was purple, and it was blue, and it was yellow, and I had done something bad. So in the interest of adding stupidity onto stupidity, <laughs> I went back the next day and worked it out again. Wow. And as a okay. result, I tore my rotator cuff pretty badly. And yeah, sounds like you guys weren't listening to your bodies much back then. No, no, we weren't. We didn't care. <laughs> as long as we looked good. Yeah. we thought we did. <laughs> Yeah. Geez. So that's that's working. That's uh, that's getting started working out stupid. And I have paid the price for that. And anybody who's in your 20s, I will tell you the injuries you get then, whether or not they're through sports, football, you know, wrestling or whatever you do for your your you know, sport, high impact or not, will you'll revisit that back in your 50s. Mm. And I feel this on cold days. And okay. I I had to have this um, arthroscopically uh, uh, treated twice. So they wow. went back in and they and they did it once in two, once in 1989 and once in 2000 and I want to say four or five or something like that. Wow, um, you really damaged that thing, huh? Yeah, yeah, ex- I really did. So, uh, but now I know how to not damage it, mm-hmm. and now okay. I know how to do That's strength trait, strength uh, strengthening of it, the training for that, so that not only can I not damage it, but I can also maintain the muscular activity. Uh, that will will help it, you know, remain in good shape. You are you. So speaking of how to not damage it, right? Like now you've kind of you learn the proper ways of doing things, and part of that experience is really, like I said, listening to your body, being in tune with your body and movements, right? And those little signs, like messages that you're receiving, it's important that you factor those in. So so, but for you and your experience. Um, what does it mean to uh, like? What was the lesson that you learned, really, and how were you able to 
now implement it? You know, how are you able to now prevent injuries um, in the gym, for example, when you went back in there? What are some changes that you made that help you or to just be healthier in the long run? Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting question because I think some of the changes that I made were not only in um, not only in the, uh, the the physical routine, you know, what I was doing to stay in shape, but it was also sort of a mental situation. Okay. I had to redefine what it meant to be in shape. Ooh, I I had to understand why I thought I needed right. to kill myself in the weights, and I, and I'll be honest with you, any look. I, I, like I said, stupid on stupid, right? My idea was I wanted to look good because mm -hmm. I thought that would get me more, uh, you know, more opportunities with the ladies or, you know, I, <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, you can all laugh, but some you things know, haven't changed, man. People are, know, we're still doing it now. You're you still know? Doing it. <laughs> I'm a little bit out of my twenties. So like the, the, the whys, right. The, the reason behind things have shifted quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, I was there too. So I get it. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's all good and whatever. Um, so, uh, and it, and I, and I, I will tell you, I don't know if this was the reason, but uh, I was able to, um, I w from, how do I say this right? I would say part of my reason for working out was obviously to maintain that look. Um, and the young lady that uh, said yes to me has uh, been with me for 30 years now. So, um, and it's interesting because I don't know how others treat this, but I feel as though that I have a responsibility to stay fit for my own mm. uh, physical well-being you know both the mental uh well-being the physical well-being and and as i mentioned to maintain uh the uh you know the, the fact that i have several of these injuries and to kind of keep the pain away but i also feel as though that i like to stay in decent shape so i can look reasonable enough for her mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's uh, uh, admirable or that's just a horrible thing, but it no, actually makes no. me feel as though that, you know, look, you know, this is the way I attracted you and I want to keep attracting you. That's good. You. <laughs> I, I love that piece, that maintenance piece, right? And I mean, it's but honestly, that's part of your why. That's why you, you stayed active and took care of yourself because at the end of the day, you're right. Like the, and you always tease me about it, you know, everybody works out because. You know, we want to look good, whether it's for yourself or for a girl, you know, a girlfriend, wife, whatever that becomes. Right. It's, you know, I've read enough books where they talk about the importance of keeping everything running. Right. And keeping it fun and um, and keeping that chemistry is just exciting for each other, even when, as you grow older together. So I I get it. It makes it makes total sense to me. Um, but you started talking about like your your mental, how your physical, you know, now started to impact your mental well-being. I would love to tap more into that um, because for me, I you, you and I have worked together, which I definitely want to talk about uh, life in the medical device space as traveling and how we're able to maintain things. But also for me, you know, the in terms of the mental aspect of it. I'm able to work consistently at a high level because of exercise and diet and eating well, right? It kind of, it keeps me, it keeps me at a healthy balance where I can think clearly, I feel good and traveling as much as we do, like you better take care of yourself or you're not going to wake up the next day and do it all over again at possibly three, four in the morning, you know? So, so speaking of the mental game, 
how did that impact your career, your lifestyle, with family, your energy level, with your kids? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm glad you touched upon energy because, you know, when you have so much energy, you know, in your teens, in your 20s, and into your 30s, and as you start to get older, you know, sleep becomes a very, very nice component of your your life. You enjoy resting. You need to rest. You need to, um, you know, balance your life a little bit more. You'll always hear people say, oh, gosh, I can't drink like I was in my 20s anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, police. So, I mean, you'd be, a, you'd be a mess. Um, but that, that goes hand in hand with other things, too. Um, you know, y- your energy level does decrease as you get older. But I will say this from my experience that exercise gives you a platform to maintain that energy. Sometimes pull energy out when you need it the most because your 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 body through either your 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 diet, your nutrition program, your exercise is ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you're in a constant state of training. You're not training like a marathon, but you're training, you're in a, you're in a, you're normal is at a higher level than most people's. Okay. And it doesn't take all that much effort to do it. I, 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 that's one of the things I want to make everybody aware of. Everybody thinks, oh, God, I got to go on this big diet and I have to go and go to the gym and I got to you know, get into this program. I look at it this way. Everybody hopefully gets up every day and they brush their teeth and does it at night. So twice a day, you're in front of that bathroom mirror and you've got a toothbrush in your face and you brush it for a couple of minutes and you maintain your oral health. This is kind of the similar approach. You just have to know that in order to get the benefits, we just talked about the energy, you know, and and maintaining the weight control and feeling good and, and the mental health, you have to integrate that as just part of a lifestyle um, maintenancing. You know, I, I, I don't think it's that much more. We tend to overcomplicate this whole business about, well, I, if I, you know, they have all these crazy numbers. I, you know, you see the ads for the P, was it P190X and, you know, all these different things. You can, you can buy a Peloton and they're all good, but sometimes you can just do simple things and it, and it can do a good job too. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but energy is a big part of it for me because I still do a lot of work, you know. My day is very busy, um, and I like to be able to either get up early or work late if I want to. And having that energy reserve is mm-hmm. is a must. Yeah, and we'll come back to that in the context of just similar to energy in the context of mobility. With you know, with aging, right? The older we get, we don't get any younger, right? You know, things start to break down. Things start to we have to work harder to maintain everything. Whether it's through stretching, finding creative ways of staying mobile, you know, um, flexible and and incorporating different regimens. So I definitely want to revisit that from, like I said, from a context of mobility and stability, you know, um, and such. But um, Thomas, there's a re- Thomas, there's a reason they call it a dad bod. Dad bod, yeah. <laughs> and not like a single guy bod. Okay, I mean, it's okay. like there's a reason <laughs> they do that. It's because you're as you get older. It's harder to keep the weight off as you get older. Mm-hmm. It's harder to keep your muscle mass decreases. Yeah, I mean, all these right. things. It sounds kind of cruel, yeah. but at the that's end of the day, the... it's your choice. If you could, you can counteract most of that if you yeah, want to. Exactly. But you got to work a little bit to do it. You do. It's, it takes 
really intentionality moving forward, you know? Um, and part of that intentionality is really listening to your body, right? And then also the diet piece as well, which we can touch on that later on too. But uh, I think the reason why your story is unique is now because I think speaking of adapting to decades, uh, I, we get to now get a perspective on, you know, where were things then? Even on equipment, you mentioned um, Peloton and and and, um, and all these different like sometimes quick fix systems like um, what's the one that I'm thinking of? Um, well, there's a couple of different 90 day, 30 day challenges and different type of regimens out there. Um, so of course, with with time in your 20s and 30s, the equipments change, the the, the regimens change. You know, so for you. How did that evolve? Like what, you know, you kind of, it sounds like from what we've learned, it sounds like you kind of went from a working hard and not necessarily smart approach. <laughs> but I'd say years went by, I'm sure with technology, things changed. Can you talk about how for your regimen, right? How did that evolve over time? Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing back in the, uh, in the 80s and 90s was all about, at least from the gym standpoint and the, and the muscle training and all that stuff, it was all about isolating muscle groups. Mm-hmm. You know, you have okay. these machines and you still have them where, you know, you're just doing curls yeah, or you're yeah, just yeah, doing yeah. triceps yeah. or you're just doing overhead and, and all these things. And, and, and that does work. Don't get me wrong, but it also was the fundamental reason why I blew my shoulder up because I had too much weight isolating a specific area that I couldn't handle. I wasn't being supported well. I think the change, the paradigm change, at least for me and maybe others, and I think, you know, you taught me a lot about this uh, and others have also echoed it, has been the need for functional activities. You know, why do you isolate one muscle group when you can have three or four firing at the same time and and balancing yourself out? Why not do it in a way which your body is is telling you to do? Mm -hmm. You can still get the benefits of it, but you're not, you know... um, you're not being, an, you're not doing it in an unbalanced, and I would say just a, a less intelligent way. Mm-hmm. You know, I realize that isolating muscle groups can look, can build muscle quickly. Every, mm-hmm. every some people, some people builders. want big biceps, they want this, and I right. get that. Right. But I also know that if you overdo it, yes, you can, you can do bad things. Yes. So for me, my my part of my journey has been to do more functional work. And, and to be able to feel good about that, to know that I don't have to be packing on the muscle to get a good workout, to know that I would much rather be in good shape than look like I am in good shape, but not be feeling good. That's it. I think that's the misconceptions right there. Uh, a lot of us look good on the outside, but how, how are you doing on the inside? That's part of why the nutrition comes in, right? Um, and also, Thomas, it's totally about nutrition, I think. I, I'm glad you touched upon that because the one thing I have learned uh, is that most of people, people worry about weight loss and weight control and all these different things as you get older. And maybe even if you're not older, I don't know. But your your diet is mostly controlling your weight, mostly. Um, your physical fitness is controlling your muscle, mu- muscle, muscle, listen to me, your muscle tone, 
your 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 balancing your uh ability to have strength mm-hmm. in their, their various things but if if you look at your nutrition it, it it's like the old statement you are what you eat what and you eat. Right. and it's it's old advice uh but it's totally true mm-hmm. and i really believe that you know you can do so much by you know putting down the sugar stop stop drink i haven't had i don't drink soda soda yes i mean None of that stuff, you know. But I, I, and if you want junk food, let it be a treat. Let it be a treat. That's right. It sounds like you've been speaking to somebody. Thomas Thomas and I talk about this. Hanging out with me too much. It sounds like Thomas and I talk about about guilt and and these kinds of things. Guilt and eating, and you know, one of those things we both are in agreement of. uh, I'm having spent so much time with this guy, is that ice cream is one of the best things in life. Ice cream is amazing. Brings you happiness. And it it is me hap- happiness. happiness in a cone, in uh-huh. a cup, in a whatever. In fact, I I was on a date last night with my uh, young lady, and we afterwards we went out for an ice cream cone. Wow. <laughs> nice. We're, I just have to admit it. Point being is that you don't. And I got the child size cone. I didn't mm. need the go. three scoops in the waffle cone to be happy. There you go. Everything in moderation. moderation. And and you can have your junk food here and there, mm. but for the most part. Um, just eat well, and it doesn't take a lot to eat well. It really doesn't. I always say, you know, for those who complicate things or feel like they need all these different diets, that is really just marketing and, you know, and trying to get you into things that you don't even understand. All you need is your 10th grade, you know, nutrition one-on-one like food pyramid education to understand what you need to take stay away from and 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 how to you know like you said moderation right and uh and have at the end of the day alan it comes down to discipline because you know your sugars you know your fats you know all these different things and what they do the functions so whether you choose to abuse it or not it's, it's it depends on your level of discipline it it really does and you know i i I totally appreciate that there are times in your life when discipline can be in short supply. Everybody goes through periods where it's either stressful or they don't have what they consider to be the right amount of time to devote to it or whatever. And I get that. So I'm not a big fan about diets and I'm not a big fan about training for something unless it's something that's really important to you. Like if you want to be running a marathon, obviously you need to train. But when you start to make healthy living a project, that's not sustainable. That is something that you, you, you just, okay, let's say you, you you do it and that's great. And then what happens? You crash. You got to go right back to where you were before because you, you got to the top of the mountain and the only place you can go back is down. Rather than climbing that mountain, walk the walk. You don't have to climb a mountain. Maybe you're climbing a hill or maybe you're just taking a long walk. That's my metaphor for saying start slow. Integrate these changes into your life and soon they're going to become habits and soon you won't need the level of discipline you thought you would need to maintain that or to do better. Right. So what I mean by that is here's an example. Um, Put down the sugar for a little while. Mm -hmm. Stop eating a candy bar or soda and have a piece of fruit. You know, yep. I'm a big guy. I'm a big fan of bananas because they're so portable. Oh, they taste good. They are instant energy and they're good for mm-hmm. you. Right. Yes. And and I know that Thomas is, too, because every time I comes over yeah. to my place, 
all the bananas disappear, which yeah. means that he, <laughs> right. he too is enjoying. But yeah. it's it's kind of a fun joke, but it's it's true. Or or mm-hmm. apples or apples. any kind of you know healthy kind of snack. Mm-hmm. Eat eat things that are green. Yep. It's so simple. Drink yeah. lots of water. Um, yeah, that's I, that's I, something I, I know personally. I could get better at is the water piece. Drinking. I think we should both drink lots oh, yeah, of water. Cheer, Here we cheer, go. As a matter of fact, cheers to that. Cheers to water. I <laughs> to love it. To drinking Great. water and staying healthy. Perfect. <laughs> and staying hydrated. Um, but yeah, no, I, absolutely. For me, my personal favorite when it comes to healthy snacking is fruits. You know, whether it's breakfast <laughs> or you know midday. Um, I could. I'm not a bit. I'm not big on veggies. I eat veggies. Because it's a need, right? I know I, I, I check all the boxes that this is what I need. But when it comes to preferences, for me, it's fruit. You know? I, I got to tell your audience something. So Thomas and I have worked together a lot, and I really, really enjoy cooking. I, I mean, it's – I I don't know. My, my, my sister is a chef, so maybe there's a genetic thing to it. Who knows what it is? But I really enjoy cooking. And um, so I'll make dinner for Thomas here and there. And uh, invariably, I like to have some fun because, you know – I'll make them, I don't know, some beef thing or a chicken thing or a fish, whatever it might be. And I'll, you know, have some good old-fashioned mashed potatoes and then a nice thing of broccoli on the side. And terribly, <laughs> that broccoli stands alone at the end of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go half on the broccoli, okay? I, I eat just what I need <laughs> and I, the rest. <laughs> I think he's feeding it to the dog, to be honest with you. I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> hey, I just, I still touch it, you know? I, I incorporate it, you know? And uh, and that's a secret for me. It's it's okay. But yeah, it's it's just to me, it's kind of funny, but it's... As as long as you're getting the nutrition you need, exactly. and you're doing it through healthy kinds of foods, mm-hmm. um, you're probably doing just fine. Uh, yeah. I'm just a you know to me I can remember green things are good, so you know I'm yeah. simple in that respect. Absolutely, colors, right? They always talk about the food food plate. The more colorful your you know your plate is, you're and, in a good place. And if you want fruits, just Berries, blueberries, berries, uh, raspberries, okay. blackberries, mm-hmm. uh, strawberries. And l- I got to tell you something, folks. If you don't know this already, please know this: that if you buy strawberries and certain types of berries that are not, I'm not. I'm. By the way, I don't work for the organic food industry at all. <laughs> but pesticides absorb into strawberries like a huh. sponge. Interesting. Huge, huge amount. I won't touch a non-organic wow. strawberry. I'll pay two bucks more to get the ones that don't aren't sprayed with all the pesticides because I don't want to eat that much like I don't want to eat just tons of sugar. Interesting. Um, so know that. It's a really That's a fun fact. There you can Google this, but you can figure Not out which fact. foods, which fruits or vegetables um, are are more pesticide ridden. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, that's right. And then the organic ones, for the most part, give you a better chance of not having all that junk. So Okay. Uh, what about then um, then frozen strawberries? Because that's part of, that's, you know, my, I have this, uh, my protein shake uh, regimen, which I usually really only tap into when I'm marathon training. Um, I don't just sit around and drink protein shakes all day. As much as people like to think I do, <laughs> it's very seasonal for me. But uh, a major part of uh, of that uh, recipe is frozen strawberries. Um, what I guess is there does that change the game when it comes to frozen versus fresh? No. Oh. Okay. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean they're, 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 the folks that are giving you your frozen strawberries are sourcing them for the same location. All they're yeah, doing yeah. is sure. is pro- uh, processing them and freezing them. 
Uh, but you can get an organic uh, frozen strawberry as well. You can get organic frozen. I like I like organic. I like organic. I hate to use that word because it sounds pretentious. It just means I don't want a lot of pesticides. If they made non-organic without all the pesticides, I eat that mm-hmm. too. Uh, oh, cool. But I'm a big fan of uh, frozen mangoes, for example. Mm. Um, I love mangoes. They're great. And, and you, you, I'll put them on anything, literally cereal, ice cream. I'll put uh, anything on ice cream. Uh, and just sometimes eat them like with a spoon if I'm yeah. hungry. Uh, mangoes and um, pineapples. It's it's great. I, I think one of the things that we're very lucky about um, you know, living where we do is that this stuff's available. It isn't like you know. It, it's it's hard to find. I mean, you can literally get this stuff year round. So we're very uh, fortunate to be living in areas where we have these giant markets, and you know, um, you have more control over what you're eating now than you probably ever have had. That's right. That is and I will right. tell you that back when I was a kid, um, none of these FDA regulations for pesticides were really all that in place. Hmm. I mean, they could literally do anything. And but, I wonder yeah. how that's play. I mean, you know, it, it makes you wonder about how we've actually lived through all that. <laughs> that, that, all right. Um, I, then now we have to tap into that because of course, as you know, I, I have a clinical research background. And uh, so when it comes to FDA and regulations and uh, all these guys, I'm fully aware of, and I've learned a lot about them. Um, so that being said, what I guess what before FDA the regulations were strict, right? Um, there are some areas that need work right now still, like the supplement industry. Um, but yeah, I guess how did you guys? What was life like, and how were you guys able to manage and 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 you know navigate certain things without the restrictions? Uh, I think in some respects we didn't have. Well, well, it depends what decade you want to talk about. Let's talk about the <laughs> 70s, okay? okay. Because okay. I remember that decade. Okay. Um, well, sadly, I remember the 60s too, but that, let's not go there. Um, what I'm trying to say here is that we had a different lifestyle and approach. What I mean by that is from a food standpoint, uh, there wasn't as much processed stuff. Like, you know, we, I mean, you'll hear about the TV dinner generation from the 60s and 70s. But you didn't get those all the time. You know, nowadays, people go to the market, they'll get a lean cuisine or they'll get some processed food, throw it in the microwave, and that's lunch. That wasn't – I mean, I wouldn't, we didn't grow up with a microwave. We didn't have that stuff. That, while it was available, it was very limited. Um, when you wanted to eat something, you had to make it. So, you know, you ate sandwiches. You made your own stuff. You had food, fruit and you had – uh, and there was junk food. Every, this, look, potato chips have always been with us. But there was a lot of that. Plus, um, we had to walk everywhere. I mean, I don't recall being a kid. First of all, there was no video games to play at home. So when you wanted to go have fun, you went outside. <laughs> you played ball. You, I mean, I don't see kids doing much street hockey these days, but that was mm-hmm. a big thing for us. There yeah, was always a street sports. where there was a basketball yeah. Uh, you know, net up and you would, you know, you just pick up games everywhere, anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you didn't do that, you were just on your bicycle, you know, just, just exploring the, the town. It was just running around the town. Right. Yeah. Um, and you didn't come in till sun, sundown. Yeah. The point being is we were very, very active and I can, it's funny. I can, I can, this is going to date me again, but when I was in elementary school, we would go walk to school every day, which was about. 
it wasn't that far. It was maybe, I don't know, half a mile at the most, maybe even a little less. We'd come home for lunch. We'd walk home for lunch, have lunch at home, walk back to school and walk back home. Wow. So like you got a couple of miles in for doing, yeah. you know, just going to school. Yeah, and yeah. and you didn't think about that. Um, huh. So there was definitely a, a different way of looking at food and a different way of thinking about exercise. We didn't formalize any of that. We didn't formalize yeah. what we ate. We didn't formalize okay. our exercise. We just kind of did it. And that's you mean going... You guys didn't have a diet for just about everything? <laughs> no. And that's nah. what I'm talking <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, uh, that's because there was no, no no one was monetizing it then, right? Right, exactly. Um, but we would go ahead and we would just, you know, make that our normal. And that's when I keep coming back to saying that, you know, you don't have to have discipline if it's part of what you're going to do on an everyday basis. If it's something you just sort of integrate. You're not climbing the hill. You're simply walking along and doing these things because you've made it a habit. Um, and you can just get in the habit of doing healthier choices and and getting a little bit more activity um and it's great one of the things here's a good example um my wife who is you know she's 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 always walked a lot but she this this year she wanted to get into more physical activity and she started out slow and she started working out just generally you know and and whatever and she had to be careful because her knee is is she's gonna injure knee and every couple of days she get into it and then she increased the frequency and now you know it's just part of her everyday thing she does it she stays in great shape and it isn't like work it's just she looks forward to it and and that's kind of what you can do um and she's my she's like around my age so no excuses right yeah absolutely absolutely uh man this is good um insightful for the younger generation that really had no idea what life was even like did who don't even realize that at one point you know we were outside <laughs> just doing about everything and not coming home till 10 o'clock at night <laughs> i definitely i'm i'm old enough where i experienced that and it's still one of my favorite part of you know of that journey to, to still be able to do that so and for, your, um, and for your viewers, that's why the boomers will call you and not necessarily text you because we're, <laughs> used picking, we're used to picking up a phone, which, by the way, at one time was tethered to a wall with mm. a cord and and having a conversation. Um, it's not because we don't know how to text. It's not because we don't see the value in it. It's because we understand that in a moderated way of doing things, there's a time for texting and then there's a time where a conversation gets the job done better. And and to be able to integrate all of that into your life is is kind of a it's kind of that approach that I'm talking about. It's that approach where you you know you 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 don't do one thing really really uh, concertedly in one direction. You 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 sort of ease into it and you use all the things around you, you all the tools, mm -hmm. all of the approaches to make it a part of a lifestyle rather than just being the one and done or the one only thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, let's go back to, um, as a professional, um, you know, being in the medical device industry, like you said, you mentioned earlier, traveling the world, uh, the country and, um, constantly, I remember we, I would literally have two cases like ready to go at all times. Like I would drop off one suitcase and pick up another one. And I would go sometimes, like a form over a month without unpacking one suitcase because we're literally living from suitcase to suitcase. Uh, so that really limited the amount of time 
you actually spent in the gym and in eating as well, where you, now you really have to be disciplined about what you're eating because you're eating out most of the time because you're constantly on the go. Right. So, so, and, and for me, just to, you know, for in terms of 3G and how 3G system fitness came to be, our, the, our target market is fitness for busy people. And the reason for that is really what I did was I took the approaches that helped me stay busy as a busy professional and, and, and maintain my fitness journey and stayed healthy. That is what became 3G System Fitness, that mindset, right, of the go-getting, get-out approach where I now didn't have the two hours, hour and a half in the gyms anymore. And most of the time, didn't really have the luxury gyms anymore either. So hotels became your gym and you had to now create something out of absolutely nothing. You know, so that's really what, why, you know, basically I took the lifestyle and I commercialized it. And that's why it's fitness for busy people and it's 3G system fitness, go get in, get out, right? And I, so you and I dealt with it together. I would love to hear about, you know, even before I came around, what, how, what were some creative ways that you were able to stay active? Well, I have to think back to life before Thomas. Hold on. Funny thing for the listeners, um, Thomas and I would travel a lot together and um, I like to book the hotels just because I had done a lot of that and I kind of knew its proximity to where we were going for the clinical centers and that only kind of thing. But realistically, uh, one of the major determinant factors of choosing the hotel was what kind of a gym does it have? Does it yeah, have a gym? Yeah. Does it have a place that's <laughs> that open at five in the morning? So Can true. we get in there? Can we go with that? Yeah. Hey, they're happy. Oh, there's a whirlpool. Oh, good, good. I mean, yeah. we would just like... <laughs> Oh, uh, I mean, if it had a so bed, true. that was like a nice thing to have, but it wasn't necessary. It had to have a good gym. Priorities so, were gyms and whirlpools. That was it. It was gyms, whirlpools, <laughs> and can we get can we get something late night to eat if we get in there like eleven thirty p.m. from a, yeah. a, a long flight? Exactly. Um, but at the same point in time, um, I'm joking about it with you, but actually, I'm glad we did that because, as everybody knows who travels, hotel gyms are not at uh, the, always the best. Um, so you have to design something which can work for you, even if you have very limited equipment or if you have limited space. And that was what I would, you know, that was the thing we tried to do when we traveled together. Before I traveled with you, um, I did two other things. One was I learned how to do in-hotel room workouts, meaning what can you do in a hotel room, you know, Push the chairs aside, get the desk out of the way, give yourself some space. How much, you know, uh, activity space do you have? And you can actually do a lot. You can do a lot, um, which is one of the reasons why my little, my home gym now, you know, I set up uh, during COVID is very effective because I learned how to do a lot in a smaller space uh, with very, you know, not a lot of equipment. But you, so that's what we did. You worked out in your hotel room, but also we or I would go ahead and look to see if there was a gym nearby that I could do a drop in for like five or 10 bucks. Yeah, okay. And that was always a good thing to do as well. Okay. Um, the other thing that is important is eat healthy when you're on travel. Yes. It's very tempting when you're in somebody else's expense account yeah. to say, well, I will not only have that big meal, but I will have several drinks or whatever <laughs> else. And, uh, and you know what? And you know what? And then some ice cream or whatever it is. Very easy okay. to do. It yep. is It is a. It is very tempting. Um, I think after 
you learn your lesson a few times, and it took me a couple of tries. I was much smarter. Uh, I was eating more healthy uh, choices. I ate less. Um, alcohol was not a priority at mm -hmm. all. I mean, if you were out to dinner, maybe you had a, a drink, maybe. But it was really all about coming back from the trip and not yeah. feeling worse. Yes. Like somehow you hadn't slid back into another, you know, lower level of the lifestyle you wanted to maintain. Right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> that that is important because just because you come home doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> priorities changed, you know, or you get a rest period, you know, it's, it's what's next. So it, it was really that recovery piece and that ability to bounce back is extremely important because it doesn't stop, you know, it, it, that's why it's important that it becomes a lifestyle. It's not a seasonal diet because after that's over, now what, right? So that's how you're able to incorporate this journey, you know, it, it incorporate it into your lifestyle and it becomes a journey where it's an ongoing thing and all these little practices, you know, whether it's nutrition or fitness or the mental piece, it, it all, you incorporate it and it all becomes part of that lifestyle. So there's no pressures on, it's not a seasonal thing. It, you're not, easily able to no. adapt. And, and one thing know? that it's really, really helped me a lot, Thomas, and I think mm -hmm. you're the one that has been reinforcing it. Thank you for doing this. Is if you do tend to dip a little bit, mm -hmm. don't feel too guilty. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. don't beat yourself up. Rather than beating yourself up, go, go back and Beat the, the weights. You know what I mean? Yeah, Go back yeah. and do something else. Exactly. I mean, know that it. know that everybody has, you know, times when they're not going to be fully engaged in that um, healthy situation. But it doesn't mean you can't get back to it. And the sooner you get back to it, the easier it is to get back to it. So um, I've stopped worrying. Like last night, I said, well, I want to go out and have some ice cream after this date. Why That's get right. guilty about that? Just go out and enjoy it. And, uh, you know. Or, or is the one thing that Thomas always likes to say, and this is great, and, and if you haven't told this to your other, to your uh, listeners, they should hear it. Like you should write it down, like, okay. like actually put it on the website. <laughs> and it goes something like this. Um, I, I, I would say, oh, um, uh, I, I would tell Thomas, uh, oh, God, I, I, I had a really good workout. And then I went ahead and I like, you know, I had, I don't know, I had a some junk food or whatever it might be. You know, I had a, I had a ice cream or I had a Snickers bar or I had just something else and I'm going to undo the entire workout. I'm going to like everything that I worked for is now just like, you know, back to zero. And Thomas would reframed it. He would say, no, it's not how it works. The reason you can have that ice cream or that Snickers bar is because you worked out. In other words, he flipped it so that it was kind of a, a treat. It was kind of a reward for having put in all that all effort, work. and I and, and I had never really thought of it like that. I didn't really. It was like I didn't deserve to have that, even if I did work out. And it's it it kind of gave me permission to not only do that, but to when I'm working out to have the mindset that hey, you know what, this gives me a little bit more opportunity if I just want to you know, you know, have something a little bit less good for me on uh, tomorrow, whatever it might be, and not feel guilty about it, right? That's and it. That, that's the that I always speak on having healthy relationship with food, right? Because I think we're we're all educated enough to know what's good for us and what's bad, and you know when you're crossing that line. So, so there is no reason to guilt yourself into anything, especially if you know you have a consistent journey, a disciplined journey. 
it's okay to reward yourself because why else? Why are you doing this? Right. You know, <laughs> you know, why are we doing all this? So it's okay to, you know, take a step back, not necessarily take a step back, but enjoy the small wins, celebrate the small wins and then get back hard on it. You know, so it's just once you have, if you have that healthy balance, you're good and you're in the medical field. So you understand, you know, you understand that um, more than anybody else. Um, but yeah, so going back to Alan, going back to the pain um, that you've experienced over the years, uh, we'd love to really dive more into the solution piece, right? Um, how, what are ways that were, what was, you know, traditional approaches before and what did you start to implement into that recovery piece that changed the game and I feel like now I see you just, you move more freely than ever. Um, how did all that happen? Yeah. Um, I'm going to use one example because I think this is the best one. I'm not going to talk about my shoulder because that's, that's just such an old deuce. Uh, I think in 2009 or 10, I started to experience lower back pain and come to find out I have a situation which you get as you get older or some people have it as just generally because that's the way their, their spine is. I have a, uh, uh, a stenosis. A stenosis, for those who doesn't know what that is, for those who don't know what that is, is a narrowing of the channel uh, where your nerve root goes into. So you have your spine and you have the nerve roots that come off the, 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 the spine, you know, in the cord area, and they go through these channels and they branch out. Well, if something is narrow, it pinches on that nerve. And you hear about people getting pinched nerves, and that's what it's really talking about. Um, and there's variants on that, but let's just talk about what my situation was. So in my lumbar level four and level five, I have a pinched nerve on my um, on my left side, and it hurts a lot. And it makes the problem with it is that um, it can be debilitating to the point where you may be walking hunched over, or you don't have any strength, or you know, you're in a constant state of pain. And so your, your mind, you're not thinking clearly and all that kind of stuff. And people will tell you that uh, back pain could be some of the worst pain if you haven't experienced it in the worst of ways. And, it, and, it, and it's, I think it's true. Not to diminish anybody else's situation, I'm saying that back pain is, is rough. Um, so to, to, to treat this early on, I was doing, you know, Advil and ice. Everybody talks about that. I was doing stretching. I then graduated to what's called nerve root injections. And for anybody who has never had this, I wish you don't. Because what is involved is you're lying, um, you're lying uh, um, uh, on your stomach, you're in, the, you're in the prone position on a table, and the uh, interventional radiologist will come in and they'll take some uh, live radiation through uh, what's called a fluoroscope, and they look at your spine, and then they take a needle, which is about this long, and they literally push it into your spinal canal. That sounds painful. Wait. It, no, no, no. It gets better. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then they have to give you an anesthetic through that needle, a lidocaine or, or xylocaine or whatever they're using. And when they do that, it touches on, your on, on these nerves, and it's the worst kind of burn you could possibly imagine and it shoots down your leg and it's in your back in order to have me do this i'd have two very uh powerful nurses hold me down literally and when that went in so 
that takes about 10 to 15 seconds for it to kick in. So it's, it's, you know, it's agony for a little bit. And then they would inject the light, um, the cortisone, which is the uh, anti-inflammatory, which is what you're really trying to get. And once that's done, they ice you down and hopefully you get some results out of it. And I did, I would get like a month or two of, of much lower pain. And then you got to go back and do it again and again. And you, you may get like four or five of these a year. Um, and it's not a lot of fun. And you're constantly having to schedule going in and getting this medical procedure. That being said, I was getting tired of it. And uh, that's what I was mentioning in the early part of the podcast. I went and saw a physical therapist who said to me, show me your workout. What do you do? And I'd show her these exercises, some which were abdominal, some which were for the legs, some which were whatever. And she says, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. Stop doing them. Like literally go cold turkey, get rid of those because those are exacerbating the problem. It's causing more of the nerve to be, you know, kind of pinched. The spinal uh, canal is, is um, being compressed, you know, those, the, 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 between the vertebrae. And once I eliminated those, I asked her, well, can I replace them with other things so I don't, you know, regress or lose tone or whatever it might be? And she says, yeah. And she gave me more low-impact approaches. She gave me approaches which involve stretch and build. There was a whole redevelopment of my thinking as to how to work out with this condition. And I would say three months later, I was feeling great and... I hadn't gone to see that guy, the interventional radiologist, for like a year and a half following that. And I think I went back to him once for like, like I like to call it a tune-up. Uh, but it wasn't all that bad. And I haven't been, I mean, I'm sure he's losing money on me. But I haven't been <laughs> back, you know, since. And, you know, so I have some days where it hurts a little bit more. But I know what to do now. Right. I know how to stretch now. I know how to work out smarter so that that pain is not as as dramatic. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, it, um, it's amazing. A small change, it's a lifestyle change. It's a workout yeah, change. Yeah. These little tiny tweaks to your whole approach to things can have significant impact. That is so good. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, and I'm sure you know there are many people out there who deal with pain, chronic pains, and you know are finding ways, alternative ways to you know, to overcoming that pain that's outside of medication and, you know, um, especially medication. I feel like that's the, tend to be the answer for everything these days, but that's a, it's like a band-aid approach, you know, it's, that's not a lifestyle approach because that pain will always be there. You're just maxing out the pain. But when you start to look into your behavioral changes, you know, tapping into your exercises, what are you doing that's causing more, that's increasing that level, you know, uh, versus, like you think you're treating it, but you're really not. And then, of course, the the diet piece too is that keeps you out of the hospital, <laughs> and we all know that. So. Well, that keeps you out of the hospital. It also, if you can control your your weight, you have the ability to have more control over how effective these these exercises can be. Uh, it's all related. You know, it's funny. You don't. We always like to think we're going to treat this, and we're going to treat that, or we're going to work on this muscle group. It's all connected. It's all related. You know, it's one of these things where you, over time you realize if I can just make this modification, I'm going to feel good doing that or this other part of my body or, you know, whatever it might be. You don't realize how, how much of a one system we are. It's, it's, it's amazing. 
You're right. You're definitely right. And uh, that's why at 3G, we take the holistic approach to it, you know, um, because you're, it, it, it's a system and they all work together. So you have to take it, take a holistic approach to get to that lifestyle change. But this is good, man. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on board. Um, we've always, we've been talking about getting you on here because I knew you had a lot to say when, you know, talking about evolution of, you know, and changes over the years, over the decades from, you know, from equipment to diet, to mindset, you know, to lifestyle. Um, I think just about anyone can relate to your story uh, or at least can take away, you know, something from your story that is beneficial and they, or they could apply into their personal journeys. Um, and that being said, do you have any additional uh, thoughts, words of wisdom um, for our listeners? Uh, the only thing I'd say that I think I learned that, I mean, really stuck with me was, uh, I actually wrote them down a couple of things. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you, the way you treat yourself in your 20s and your 30s, mm -hmm. it will come back to you in your later life. You know, you'll feel injuries. If you don't have a good healthy diet, you know, you might develop conditions, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, a slew of things can happen. So do good for yourself early. It's like investing. The more you save now, the more you'll have later. And it's putting good things into your into your life program. Putting good things that means your nutrition or your exercise. Um, your mental state, all that kind of stuff. It's all related. And and treat yourself well early so that you can live well later. That's a that was a big I learned a lot about that. And I, I obviously made mistakes, but I also learned early enough that I'm not having issues today that maybe I would have. So who knows? So that's a big takeaway. The other one I wanted to um mention was um that I feel that through nutrition and through exercise, your head gets on straight. Mm -hmm. You have a better state of emotional well-being, and you also can cope with a lot more stress uh, better. Yeah. Uh, and everybody has stress, and if you're if you're armed for it, primed for it, you you can do better. Um, I have a friend of mine who always says, I don't know how you just sort of remain calm through all of this crazy. How do you do that? You know, I got, I got the family, I got, I got business I'm working on. I got other personal stuff. Um, everybody has stuff. And, you know, it's like, I always try to maintain a level of calm about it. And I don't think I would be potentially as effective if I didn't feel like I was, um, you know, taking care of myself so that my my mental state was was primed for being able to do all that. So that's a big thing. And then the last thing too, and I'm going to end it on this. Try to have fun. I talked about this on my wife this morning. We had this we had these early morning bedtime conversations. Sometimes they're about silly things and sometimes they're kind of deep and this one was a little bit deeper and it went something like this and it's a little less related but it's not entirely unrelated. It was about um People are trying to run their lives like it's a it's a it's a race to get it's to the race. top of some yeah. mountain to yeah. have a sense of utter accomplishment in my career, what yeah. or or something else. And those are all very lofty goals. And and I don't say don't do it, 
But what I would say is that there is just as much power in being able to look back on your life and say, well, maybe I didn't become the president or the CEO, or I didn't you know, make $100 million or whatever it might be. But that's not really what it, the game is about. The game, we're put on this earth, I think, not to be miserable, but to enjoy the journey. And don't forget to really enjoy the journey. And if you don't mm -hmm. make it to exactly where you want it to be when you're you know, ready to check out, um, try to think about looking back and saying, but did I enjoy the, the experience that I had? Was my life worthwhile? And was I able to help some other people along the way to give them that same sense of, of being in the moment, of being on that journey and having an enjoyable experience? Uh, and, and try to put joy into as much as you possibly can, whether or not it's your workout, it's your family, it's your job, whatever it might be. Those are the things which keep your, you, you going. Um, Absolutely. And, and you'll, everything else will, will I don't want to say place. take care of itself, but everything else will, will hum along just fine. So that's right. That's a little life takeaway that I was talking about at 5.30 this morning with my lovely lady. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts, you know. Um, sure. This is good, man. Just about everything you said I agree with, especially taking the time to celebrate the small successes as you, you know, continue to strive towards the bigger goals, right? And I think sometimes we lose sight of the big picture if we don't take the time to just breathe and celebrate and Take a, you know, take a couple of days off, go on a vacation, you know, uh, go on a trip, whatever it is, hit that reset button. And that's the way, you know, that's something I've been, as the older I've gotten, the more I've been intentional about doing it. Um, and I've learned it from guys like you. So thank you for that as well. Uh, a lot of good habits I've learned, <laughs> um, you know, hanging out with this guy. So I definitely. Ah, the feeling is mutual. Well. This I tell you though, if anybody goes to a workout with Thomas Noah, get ready. Just be prepared because <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna work you good. That's <laughs> so, right, and and, That's and right. he should. So uh, it's all good, Thomas. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to be on your uh, your podcast. Awesome, man. And um, if if you know, I know you're not big on social media, but you do have social media. I know that. Um, <laughs> I didn't say so, no, 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 no. There's a difference between not being big on it and not being fixated on it every 20 minutes. Okay, I got you. I, got I, you. I okay. post every so me. often. It's it's not a volume, but it's 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 quality. I'm hoping it's quality. I got you. Well, how can they find you? Where can they find you? Are you whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn? You know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I have an Instagram account. I think I'm up to three, three, three postings now. <laughs> you have one. <laughs> and, and the first Not one Thomas had to help me do is like, it was pretty yeah. pathetic. Um, and uh, you know, you can reach me uh, by email okay. uh, if you want. My email address is is aljanconsulting at gmail. A l j a n consulting at gmail dot com. So Great. if you want to reach out to me, uh, I'd love to you know hear from you and. Um, I'm happy to help in any way I can. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Um, and for our listeners, we're as per usual, we are on every platform. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts and Spotify as well. So follow, share this message, um, and reach out with additional questions. Follow up with Alan um, and you know, follow up on his journey and ask him 
anything you want and hopefully you can apply what you learned today. So that being said, stay tuned for episode four for more for more inspirational, uh, motivational stories um, about, you know, guys from guys like Al. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, have a good one, Alan. Thank you. You as well, Thomas. Thank you. Let's bounce, let's bounce, let's bounce, let's bounce, let's bounce.